Welcome back to More Than Running. This week's guest likely has been a track fan longer than you have for probably most listeners of this podcast. According to this tweet from her father, Kevin Hansen of Hansen's Running Training Distance Project, Sam was born into our sport. She saw her first cross country meet at nine days old. Her first of six Olympic trials as a two-year-old, she's been to three Olympics, five world championships, and over 40 world major marathons. So what does that mean for more than running? Well, Sam recently took a job as an agent with Howie Management Group. Sam is one of very few female agents, and she's excited to not only keep working with Hansons, but also represent athletes and make way for the change that we all need, seeing more representation on the side of sport for women. So I'm really excited to hear from Sam, you know, her perspective of what it takes to become an agent. You guys might be interested in that and kind of her overall goal of paving her own way in the sport. Welcome, Sam. Welcome back to another episode of More Than Running with Dana. Today's guest is someone who has been in the running world her entire life, it's safe to say. Sam Hansen has recently kind of come into a new position, though. She's the daughter of Kevin Hansen, of the Hansen brothers, and really has taken a new path and has now become a sports agent under Howie Management. So welcome, Sam. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Really excited. So I want to kick things off with a tweet that your dad actually sent because I think this is pretty remarkable and a lot of track fans will certainly be jealous. It's seen 30 plus NCAA national championships between cross indoor outdoor, six world championships, three Olympics, 30 plus world marathon majors, 50 plus USATF national championships between road track and field, 300 plus high school meets. This is not me, but Sam loves to run my 23 year old daughter on the call for Michigan Pro Ekaden. Have you, yeah. did you know all that? Did you know, who keeps those yeah. stats? <laughs> He's got them locked up. He knows, he knows. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely crazy when you, when you put it that way, just doesn't really seem like it just because it's just been my whole life. But um, yeah, when you, when you put the numbers out there like that, I mean, that's, that's true. <laughs> so of all the events that you've attended in your entire life, um, as a spectator, the daughter of a longtime coach and as an athlete yourself, is there an event that stands out to you of uh, a favorite? I mean, the Olympics are unlike any other, you know, just being out there. Um, we had Brian compete in 2008 at Beijing and then Des competed in London and Rio. So being just out there for the marathon and it's really an incredible experience. And then just the Olympics altogether, cool, like running. We would go for a run along the um, path in Rio and just you, you can see the outdoor beach volleyball court and you just see all this stuff and it just really puts into, into perspective, you know, like just, it's just a really cool experience for sure. When you, your dad and your kind of family goes to these events, is it kind of like, can I please come? Or is it always implied that everyone in the family gets to go together? Um, no, we would, we would always go. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm an only child. It's just me and my mom. And we would go to all the events pretty much with my dad. So growing up, it was everything. Yeah. Um, like he said, the three Olympic games and six world championships and plenty of USATF events. Uh, so we would go to all of them together. 
I'd love to talk a little bit about your personal running career because I think that, you know, when there's professional athletes, for example, they're like, oh, we don't want to push our kids into the sport. We want them to find it ourselves. Kind of what was your relationship with running and training like? Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually started running back in middle school and similar thing. Everybody thinks um, you get forced into it kind of, but just being around the sport makes you fall in love with it more than anything. So, um, being around at all those events, you know, that's, you kind of find your passion that way. So he definitely did not force me into it. Um, like some may think, and he actually was gonna, my dad did coach me in high school and he was going to, he coached at the high school level for 34 years. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and at 30 years, he was going to step away and that would have been my freshman year in high school. And I came downstairs, I heard him talking about it with my mom. And I came downstairs and was like, you have to coach me. Why are you going to step away? And the same, same thing. He didn't want to have to feel the pressure of me needing to do it or me needing to run anything along those lines. And he didn't want to me to feel the pressure either. So um, it was just one of those things. And he did end up coaching me. And then I went on to run at Michigan State University for four years. And then I did have some eligibility left as well due to COVID and injuries and stuff like that. So I ran a cross-country season, well, a full year at Oakland University, and then just ended out the cross-country season this last kind of sixth year eligibility. Oh, man. Lucky Um, you. So, yeah, and finished out at Oakland and then graduated with my MBA. So. I have a very funny Michigan State story. So <laughs> I went to Dartmouth College, and our colors are also green and white. And I'm a bit older than you, so was in school from 2012 to 2016 when Michigan State was kind of on the top of the world there. Yep. And we'd go to meets, and there would be inspectors. They'd be like, go green, go white. And we'd be like, we'll accept your cheers, but we know these are not for us. <laughs> it counts. You know, you can you can take them in. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, I was correct at the, at the little pre-show chat that Oakland is indeed in Michigan and is not in California. So you've really <laughs> lived in Michigan your entire life. Yeah, yeah. So um, the only time I didn't, I went, I actually had an internship out at Brooks in Seattle, the June of 2018. So worked out there for just a month. And honestly, that was really the only time I've lived and it was only a month. So that's the only time I really lived outside of Michigan. Yeah. College, everything. I stayed in the state. I really like it here. So you're not planning on leaving anytime soon. <laughs> not anytime soon. No. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about um, the Hanson Brooks team and kind of, you know, what your involvement is with the group and what that actually looks like. I think our listeners would really appreciate kind of it from you're not an outsider, you're a complete insider, but just kind of the perspective of how the team works and functions today in 2022. Yeah. So we have a pretty big group right now, actually out here. And, um, we've been growing the guys team a lot as well. And then the women's team will start growing a little bit more once, uh, school wraps up in May, but, um, yeah, they, especially right now during the winter time, they're in Florida a lot. So they have a house down there for three months in Florida. Three months. That's a long time. Yeah. So they bounce back and forth. Um, So today actually was kind of the changing of the guard with that. So there's a group that's more of a roads crew. That's kind of the half marathon, marathon type. And then there's a group that's more of the track group um, that'll focus on track this season. And 
they've been back and forth. So the roads group at roads group actually just came home today and the track group went down. So how do you see your role as a member of kind of, obviously you're a member of the Hanson Brooks squad in some way, but how do you see what your role is? daughter yes. of the coach or you said we so what does we mean to you yeah I um I like to think I'm a part of everything um I uh just growing up around it and stuff I used to think of um everybody on the team as kind of older siblings you know and now um we actually just had a guy just join the team that is younger than me now so now oh, they're wow. now they're my now Who's they're my that? colleagues so JP Flavin Um, from North Carolina State yeah so he just joined and when I say younger I think he's like a week younger than me or something like that so it's not it's not really but um yeah so now I mean now they're more my friends and I I like to like to be around them and you know it's just I've also been just been helping out as well um with just more of the logistical side of things um which is also kind of what I'm doing at Howie Management now as well but um my mom does a lot of the logistics for the Hanson's team. She does a lot of the travel and well, when I say a lot of, she does all of the travel and hotels and everything like that while also managing the um, store. She's the accountant for the stores as well back here. So I've been trying to take a little bit of the load off of her uh, on that one and help her with some of the logistics as well. It's a true family business. For sure. For sure. Do you guys still have the athletes working as employees with the, within the store? I know that kind of story was very popular a, a few years back or even when I was growing up. I feel like that was kind of the first of its kind model. And I just don't really know how that um, exists today. Yeah. Um, not everybody works in the stores, but there's probably, I think there's five or six of them that do still work in the stores um, around probably four or five days a week. They're in the stores. So um, people do have their other jobs outside of it, but yeah, it's definitely an opportunity, um, for people if they ever want, if they're ever want something to do on the side, they are able to work in the stores. So the reason why I invited you on this podcast and the biggest news of all is truly about your new job. So I'd love for you to tell us about your new role and why you decided to, you know, obviously you've got a good thing going here. Why did you decide to carve out your new path? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so I'm working with Howie Management as more on the client services side a little bit. So I took my agent exam with USATF back in December and still waiting to take the World Athletics one, which hasn't been released yet. But um, once I take the World Athletics one, I'll be a complete certified agent. And yeah, at this time, I'm just doing kind of like I mentioned with them, I'm doing a lot of the logistical behind the scenes stuff for the company. Um, I will be traveling to Houston tomorrow, actually, though, and I'll be there for the half and the full. So um, just kind of growing into the role, I've been helping out uh, Liam, Howie, and John, all three of them. And yeah, I worked last, let's see, probably January around that time. We kind of reached out to, um, we've known Howie for a long time, my family has, and uh, just being around everything. And we kind of reached out to him and about an internship opportunity and he's very receptive on it. So yeah, I came in as just an intern last winter. And then, um, as time went on and I was able to help the firm out a little bit, uh, they brought me on as a part-time position 
over the summer. So I've been there actually a little bit now, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a great experience so far. And I'm really just looking forward on how I can help the athletes and also help uh, Howie, John and Liam throughout the process as well. I have truly so many questions about this world. <laughs> I guess the first one is what I did. I think a lot of, I knew this, but I don't know what's on it. What is the agent exam like and what kind of questions are on there? I think there's a lot of misconceptions about agents and what role that plays for the listeners that don't know. Track agents typically exist to help the athletes negotiate contracts on their sponsored deals and typically take around 15% um, cut of everything or just depending on the contract and situation that can vary as well. So, And then they also help the athletes get into meets and negotiate um, pretty much everything from the legal perspective. Um, there's so much, but what does that exam require? And was there anything on there that you didn't expect to be? Um, yeah, for sure. So they actually give us kind of a, a study guide beforehand. Um, and the study guide is very, very thorough. It's about 300 pages, probably long, um, covers Who's they? USATF. Okay. okay. Gave, um, yes, a, a exam, very thorough book and, uh, provides you pretty much, uh, very much. <laughs> and, uh, it has basically everything you kind of just mentioned about what an agent is. And then also a lot of it is, uh, anti-doping rules and mm -hmm. things along that nature. So, um, I haven't seen the world athletics one yet, so I'm not sure what that one entails, but yeah, that's the USATF one. Did you feel comfortable when you were taking the test? Did you think you were going to pass? You were like, I'm super prepared. You're in the school mode. So you, you did six years of college. You should be ready. Yes, I should be ready. Correct. But I was still nervous. And even though I remember they had a like prep course the day before and everything like this at the um, USATF annual meeting is when this, when this happened back in December. And um, Jim Estes, who... I've also known for a long time, just being around in the sport, he was there and he kind of just told me, he patted me on the back day before and was like, this is your life. You know, you're, you don't need to freak out about this, mm -hmm. all this stuff. So, and I, I was nervous and it went fine. It went well, but, um, yeah, it's something you just still get nervous for, you know, I mean, yeah. still even, uh, any test six years, six years of college and I still get nervous for tests. So. <laughs> How many people were sitting for the exam and of those people, how many were women? Um, I was going to bring this up, actually. Good point. Um, there was probably 10 to 15 people in the room with, I think there was only one other woman in there with me. How did that make you feel? Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty... I mean, not really surprising, just seeing the world that we live in and the running industry that we um, see every day. And, you know, just having female representation is so important um, in this industry. And I just, I kind of knew coming into this role too, like I spoke to a few others um, when the Ekaden was actually here in Michigan a couple months ago about the possibility of me going this route and um, everyone I spoke to pretty much said the same thing, you know, we, we need that representation. We need that. And it kind of just gave me the, you know, stepping stone to be like, all right, yeah, this is, this is the route I want to go. I definitely want to, definitely want to go this route and I want to be able to help, um, 
just change the sport in a way, you know, just make, make others be able to see that it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely something that I, at one point I was like, oh, maybe I should look into that as well. Um, it is, it's something that's so strange too, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about truly what agents do, if you need one, if you can afford one. Right. Um, and I think there's certain schools, like universities that you graduate from that all work with a certain agent and things like that. And it's really based on um, just essential relationship building at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So For sure. As someone who's kind of grown up within that world, do you feel like you have a better grasp of the relationship you'd want with the athletes because you've been able to speak with so many athletes and understand their perspective? Yeah, for sure. And I think I think that's one of the reasons I chose to go with Howie on this as well, just because um, he's really all about integrity and really all about doing what's best for the athlete. So, you know, being there as um, to provide all this, uh, just, you know, travel and all this coverage for the athlete, but also building that relationship with the athlete. And each one is so important. So we have about 40 clients and everyone is treated the same, you know, you don't, we had 11 Olympians and they're still treated the same as everybody else, you know? So like everybody, everybody that we have is treated the same. And I just really liked that about Howie. And that's kind of why I went that route as well. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't know as well as when there are agent relationships, it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately is a concept that's kind of tossed around too. Um, is that something that has to actively be pursued or kind of just like, this is this is one of our core values and what we stand for is that we communicate with every single athlete the same. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely communicating with the athletes that that's, you know, that's how we're going to handle things, but stuff does change, you know, some stuff, stuff, stuff happens and changes occur and people want to go different directions, but, um, it's just good to put that out there that, you know, um, if you're coming with Howie, you know, that's, you're going to be, handled with integrity and everything like that. So, so we're in January right now, but June comes out quickly. And that's kind of when you mentioned on the Hanson side that you guys are looking to gain more female runners to add to your squad. Those collegiate runners who are just graduating. When do those conversations start with kind of with collegiate athletes that you guys are looking to sign with brands and this time around, will you be able to generate your own leads with athletes in the collegiate system? Yeah, for sure. So even just, um, well, first of all, it starts now. Um, it's always, I feel like it's always occurring, you know, you never, and especially I was just talking to Howie, John and Liam about this the other day, you know, with COVID and everything, you don't know when people are done with their eligibility. So some people may be graduating after four years. Some people are in college for seven years right now with everything. I mean, you just don't, so you don't know. Right. Exactly. It's really hard you, as a fan. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just see senior and you, you don't know how old they actually are. So um, it's one of those things where it's always, we're always kind of looking for people. And yeah, for sure. Even just, um, I didn't realize when I put out that I was joining Howie management, how big of a deal it would turn into really. And just from putting that out here, um, I have gotten some 
uh, inquiries from people and stuff like that. And just, um, so I'm definitely getting my own leads. I would say that. Um, and hopefully, uh, I can make something happen with some of these. So you sound surprised that people reached out when the (laughs) announcement was made. Why are you surprised? I mean, I just, but again, I guess female representation is so, so important in the sport. I just kind of thought when I was putting it out there that it would just, just more along the lines of somebody announcing their new job, you know, Mm -hmm. just somebody just, it's just me just any other person saying that this is my next step, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, when you reached out and I had a bunch of other people reach out as well. And it's just, it was, it was just really, I don't know. I'm just very, I'm really thankful. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's, it's something that, I mean, one of the reasons why I immediately reached out was it is not easy to do something different. And it is hard to create your own name within a space, especially creating relationships with brands. I think, you know, the signing people to Howie is one part of it, but it's also, you know, creating the relationships with companies to be able to fully support the athletes. And it's a daunting task for sure. And I worked on the, uh, I was working at Reebok previously, and I know how many agents reach out all the time. So it's it's an interesting space that you've decided to join. So I think it's really fascinating and I'm excited to see what you do. Yeah, I I really appreciate it. I I really do because um same kind of thing. I'm excited to see what I do, you know? Like it's just it's a new it's a new step, it's a new part of the journey and I'm just I'm really looking forward to um the years to come. Another aspect that I think athletes have been searching for for a while and I actually had an athlete record with me yesterday who, you know, was saying like, I have my shoe sponsor and that's it. I don't have very many secondary sponsors. Is that something that's top of mind for you of reaching out to, I guess you'd call it like the non-endemic, non-shoe sponsors um, to kind of broaden your portfolio a little bit? Yeah, I think um, the team at Howie does a really, really good job of uh, that aspect as well. You know, getting people all sorts of deals um, outside of the running space. And um there's definitely, I'm not sure how much I can talk about, but we've definitely <laughs> handled um, a lot of deals recently that are outside of that realm. And um, it's just really exciting to see uh, things along that nature form. Are there any dream companies that you would love to work with to sign a client? This is my game. When I was an athlete, <laughs> well, I guess I still, I don't know what I am, but I made a list. And You're I was still like, an athlete. He, Come on. Here yeah, I haven't raced in a while, but I was like, here are the, my dream companies that if I can get a sponsor from, that would be amazing. What What are those for you? Yeah, I mean, working with any of the big companies is uh, the big shoe deals. Uh, making a big deal with them would be would be really cool. But uh, at the same time, I mean, like you said, those those smaller companies that people might not even know about really, and um, just to get their name out there and also get our athletes' name out there and give them an opportunity to feel represented. Have you been reached out to by any of the other um, female agents within the industry kind of carving the path? I know that there's a couple out there, but has anyone kind of reached out and say like, hey, welcome to welcome to the squad? <laughs> um, agents, not really, but um, I did have uh, Rita Gary, the Furman coach, she reached out on Twitter and Best Woman posted something and you know, it just a lot of the um, big names in women's women's running and 
I mean, Shalane and Kara both responded to my tweet. And, oh, that's pretty um, cool. So that was, that was a pretty big deal. So uh, hearing back from both of them, um, Sally from Wazelle reached out as well. And yeah, just really, so none of the agents specifically, but you know, the other uh, big women's names in the, in the industry did. And yeah, in my pre-research of you, you you have a private Instagram, so you're, you're a hard lady <laughs> to find with there, but your Twitter is very active. Is Twitter kind of your favorite <laughs> medium of communication? Um, yeah, you, yeah, I would say both. Yeah. Um, Twitter, definitely more probably. Yeah. What kind of uh, role do you have on the social media side with Hanson's previously and kind of how are you looking at social media in your new role? Yeah. So um, some of the athletes actually at Hanson's more handle the Instagram and um, my mom actually does the Twitter with for Hanson's distance project. And then um, Anne-Marie Blaney and some other athletes handle the Instagram uh, she does most of it on there. And then, um, so I never really had anything on the social side and I have been, um, as Howie mentioned today, I'm now the, I'm now the young one on the team. So me and Liam are kind of in charge of social media for, um, Howie management. And, uh, so I've had a couple, a couple little interactions on there as well. And just, uh, put, stick my foot in the water in that realm a little bit. Is that a space that you're comfortable in or do you feel like you need to, uh, you know, upskill yourself a little bit? Um, I feel comfortable in it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely something that's new to me. So, um, just learning more as I, as I go through and learning, but learn just everything is just, you know, learning about the process a little bit more. And so, um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll dabble in it a little bit more down the line. Yeah, I know it's an interesting time right now because a lot of athletes want to grow their own social media platforms and don't have necessarily the resources to do it or the knowledge or something like that. And it it does lead to, you know, your world where having followers is almost currency and signing contracts and things like that. Is that top of mind in the conversations you're having at your agency, um, social media presence for the athletes? Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, we have people, one of our clients is Alexi Pappas, who has a very large social media presence and does a really good job with it. And it's definitely, um, helped in terms of some deals that we've been able to make happen. So it's definitely, it's not uh, top of mind, but it's something that's definitely, um, interest for us. Yeah, I think it's a weird space too because a lot of athletes aren't necessarily comfortable with sharing so much from but from the brand perspective, it's uh, something that is becoming more and more important. So it's an interesting it's an interesting time we find ourselves in. For sure, it's definitely definitely a lot different than it was when uh, I, w- I don't want to say I first started because I'm just first starting now, but um, just You're fully back- Gen Z. Back- <laughs> I know, I know. But um, when uh, the team was first starting, I mean, like more, more on that lines, I mean, social media wasn't even a thing. So it's just, it's just crazy how everything's changed. So you can decide how you want to answer this. But what is the conflict of interest now with with the family business? What you're an agent. So where does that line come across? (laughs) It's it's a blurry line. It's a blurred line for sure. Um, yeah, it's, 
It's hands and drugs. How could you possibly (laughs) extricate yourself from that? Right. So um, I'll definitely still be helping them out in some some ways, but we do now. um, My dad just signed Wilkerson given uh, onto the team who was previously with Atlanta Track Club, and he is one of Howie's clients. So now there is that before beforehand it wasn't really you know none of none of our athletes were really represented by Howie John or Liam or any of us and now we do have a client um that is competing for my dad so um we'll have to see how it works out and what lines can be blurred a little bit you can get some immediate feedback of how you're doing you can be like hey well Kristen how am I doing yeah exactly exactly have you set a new year's resolution this year I certainly have It's been to sleep more as I'm ramping up my training. I'm finally healthy, feeling good, and I really want to make sure that I'm sleeping enough to support that. And that's where Whoop comes in. My Whoop 4.0 wakes me up with its haptic alarm on my wrist as a gentle vibration that wakes me up when I'm in the green and it knows I've slept enough. So as sleep schedules get back to the work schedule and less on leisurely holiday time, I've been relying on the Whoop and it's just so comfortable when I sleep as well. If you want to learn more, head to whoop.com. And for 15% off your sign up, head to whoop.com backslash more than running or use code Dana. Enjoy. I want to circle back to kind of being a female within such a male dominated space. Are a lot of the positions of people you're speaking with internally at these shoe companies, are they also male as well? It's been a few years since I've been within the shoe world. So, how far does kind of, you know, it being a male dominated space lead? Is it also in kind of the conversations you've been able to sit in with the larger shoe companies still? Um, yeah, for sure. You definitely, you definitely see the male presence as well. Um, as well as a lot at a lot of races and race directors and stuff like that. So it's just, it's been hard so far, but, um, we're, we're making it work. And, you know, like I said, it's the representation's important. And so I'm going to find a way to make it happen. Is there anyone, I mean, whether it's a Shalane or a Kara that you want to, you know, pick their brain and be like, hey, what did you want in an agent? How can I be better? Is there anyone that you kind of want to ask those questions to? Right. I mean, I've, I've talked to, I haven't talked to them, but I've talked to just like my dad's athletes and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, you know, like what would, what would you want out of, out of this experience? And none of them really have um, agents per se, but because um, my like I said, my mom does a lot of the travel and um, stuff like that. And the team's fully sponsored by Brooks. So, you know, they don't really have um, sponsorships coming in. So just more though, like what, what would you expect and stuff like that? But yeah, for sure. I've, I've thought about reaching out to some of the, some of the higher ups in the sport as well. Just, you know, wondering what, what they think would, that I could get out of this experience as well as um, they would like to see from this experience. Yeah, I think that's always the best way to learn is to ask people, like, what did you actually want? Like, what worked well for you? (laughs) Things like that. So I'm really excited to see um, kind of your first athlete signee and things like that. I know it seems like there's some things in the works, and I uh, can't wait to see the first announcement. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm excited. So we're going to get into kind of the questions that I ask every guest. I warned you a little bit at the beginning, but you shouldn't (laughs) be scared. Um, And we're going to kind of kick it off with what's some advice you'd give to your younger self? Um, To enjoy the process. I think that's kind of 
my go-to on that. Um, always just, uh, dad kind of told me that when I was younger, I heard it a lot in college as well, you know, things go fast and, um, I still, the, I mean, the picture I post on social media of me standing next to my dad, you know, that, that That's doesn't feel like thing. <laughs> I knew as I I knew the exact picture and I was like I need to find this picture. Um, it's a picture and, of little you with your dad kind of looking over a track. What meat was yep. that from? Um, it was actually an Ekaden uh, in Japan from 2004. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, how old yeah. were you? Six. <laughs> and you remember that? And yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Stuff like that. So that's. That's why I just say enjoy the process because it really does go fast. You know, I mean, I remember being at the first Olympics in 2000, like in 2008, where we had Brian running and just taking it all in and, you know, just really, yeah, I don't know how else to say it other than just enjoying the process. It's really apparent how much you love the sport and have been uh, just kind of nurtured by it through the years. So I think that's very cool to see because a lot of people who have been in the sport for a long time kind of get, you know, burnt out or jaded. So I think it's really refreshing to see someone who's kind of been with it from age six to now who just <laughs> loves it so much and wants to make a lot of change. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the team, my dad started the team in 1999. So I was one and, um, yeah, he was like, just, I have a toddler. Time yeah, to get out. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just something that's always it's just part of my blood. So that's really amazing. All right. What is this? This is uh I do have a lot of athlete, a lot of uh competing athletes on the podcast, but you know what? This goes to you. It's the time of COVID as well. And it's what's the best thing you do to take care of yourself to stay healthy? Um, I mean I, the, I mean, you were our athlete like three minutes ago, so <laughs> you, you're still a runner, so you yeah, have I mean, tricks as well. Well, it doesn't really work with some of your professional runners that you bring on here, but I mean, just getting out for a run every day is honestly something that's, you know, it's just been a little mind release as well as just keeping healthy and um, it makes me, makes me stay sane during, during these crazy times, you know. Do you have any races on the calendar? Um, I just ran my first half marathon actually. Oh, how'd it go? Um, yeah. So I was trying to break 130 and I ran 127.27. So congrats. That's you smashed it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So me and my boyfriend went and we ran we ran the Disney half marathon. And that is an interesting yeah. I was not expecting to say that. <laughs> was it a vacation? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but it was it was a really fun experience. So yeah. Um that was, that was my big race. I kind of, after the cross country season, I took only like a couple days off and then kind of just started training for this half marathon. And, um, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to keep racing and keep running and obviously not racing at that level, but just, you know, just for fun at this point. I think it's the Disney ones just seem so incredibly fun that you swung the pendulum from like intense cross country to being in the happiest <laughs> place on earth. For I've sure, always wanted sure. to go to one of those races. Is Aren't they oh, super, yeah. super early in the morning? Yeah. So the race started at 5 a.m. and you have to be at the park by 3.30 to start lining up for everything. So yeah, my alarm went off at 2.30 in the morning and I was like, oh, it's the middle of the night right now, but okay, here we go. So yeah, I mean, it was crazy. We were done by, yeah, by 6.30, it was still dark outside. <laughs> yeah, did you go back to bed? Like, what do you do after that? Oh yeah, we def definitely went back and took a nap as soon as I was done. 
<laughs> Amazing. All right. Ooh, this is a little different than advice, but it's what's the best advice you've received from a coach? And it can be your dad. Ooh. Is he your current coach or are you coaching yourself? Uh, he, he definitely wrote the workouts for, for Disney. So yeah, no, I, I don't coach myself. That's, that's up to him. That's up to him. You, um, you can't not use that resource. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's something that's, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had him since forever. So high having him as the high school coach and just everything like that. And, um, I mean, he was the one originally that said, enjoy the process to me, but, um, yeah, just, I mean, maybe just along the lines of too, like he's told me, but this might just be more dad advice than coach advice, but just, Oh yeah, we can switch it. I mean, it's both We're Kevin Hansen and Kevin Hansen only. <laughs> exactly. Um, just never, never take anything for granted. And I know it's, I know it's pretty cliche, but, um, it was, it was in terms of a race and I actually was never, I was never hurt during high school or anything like that. And then when I got to college, my sophomore year, I had a stress fracture in my back. And so it was one of those things, you know, where I kind of just always thought that running was going to be there. And it was just one of those things where you think, you know, yeah, you can always just go out and step out the door and you'll always be able to run. And I kind of had a breakthrough season Uh, for me before that I ran 1659 in the 5k and that was that was a bit that was a big deal for me so um running that and then over the summer yeah I got a stress fracture in my back and it was just one of those things where it's kind of just a year from hell where everything was um back to back I had sinus infections and it was a it was a full year off running basically and um it made me really look at things you know you you do take you do take it for granted and when it's gone, you know, it's, it's just gone. And you don't, you don't have anything else that, um, you can look, look forward to, you know, you're looking forward to that next race always, or you're looking forward to this or anything like that. So it's something that definitely just being able to step out the door and go for a run is something that I won't take for granted again. You're wise beyond your years. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are you currently reading? And I hope to hope, you do not say the World Athletics Agent Handbook. No, no, I haven't even looked at it yet. So, <laughs> but um, I just finished a book actually um, called The Silent Patient. So uh, it was kind of like a murder mystery uh, of, of sorts. To, they're making it into a movie. It was a New York Times Ooh. bestseller. But yeah, it was, it was something that uh, some of the athletes on my dad's team actually were kind of passing around and I was like, Hey, I'll read that. And it was one of those things I just read in a couple of days and was like, okay, so don't have anything on the docket right now, but yeah, I'll be looking for something soon. Do you recommend the silent patient? I do recommend it was a good book. All right. What's one piece of running tech that you can't live without like gear, something that you can't live without? Um, my, my shoes for sure. I've worn, I wear, well, I've always worn Brooks just because they've sponsored the team and stuff. So I've always, you might have to branch um, out. You might have to try different companies. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I went, I went the Nike route when I was at Michigan state and, uh, back in my Brooks now to say the least. So (laughs) you're going to think you're too loyal. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I wore the, um, my, my Brooks levitates. Those are my, those are my go-tos. 
you're going to have to spice it up in the casual shoes and meets to know that you're like open to other brands. Right. Exactly. I I am open. I'm not, not just Brooks. <laughs> yeah. You have to be. Exactly. Right. Um, two more. What is a social cause that you're really fired up about right now? Hmm. I mean, this is going to be cliche too. All my answers are cliche. No, but cliche is good. <laughs> what everyone's thinking. I mean, just climate change in general, I guess. Oh, that's not where I was expecting you to go with that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, um, no, no, not sorry, but I uh, was expecting something <laughs> different. Yeah, like no, that's, um, that's something that I'm just really passionate about. And so, yeah. What are you passionate about with it? <sighs> well, just I could talk, attention I could to talk it. for, yeah, I mean, just, just being aware. We'll go with that. Mm. You, you said you could talk about it forever. This seems like something that we might have to have a follow-up podcast about. There this we is go. really there the more go. than running. <laughs> if someone wants to get interested in kind of knowing more about climate change, where's a good place for them to start? I mean, there's plenty of resources out there to look at. I don't have one in particular, really, but just, um, I mean, a quick search and you can find millions and upon millions of results. <laughs> Yeah, just got to not get too depressed. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> All right, my last question, and this one's just for you, won't be for every guest, but, you know, you just joined Howie Management, you're a new agent, you have an MBA graduate, six years of college, really exciting time in your life. What do you want your legacy to be as, as an agent? Um, I just, back to the representation, I just want it to be, you know, like that she kind of started the trend. Like I want, I want, I don't want me to be the only one, you know, I don't, I want this to, and there are others that I'm not, I'm not the only one out there, but it is a big deal right now. And, you know, I just want it to start the trend for not only female, um, females to join the agent space, but also younger people as well. I mean, I'm 23 years old and, um, I just, I, it would be nice to just see others enter the space as well. And so I kind of want to leave that legacy of, you know, she kind of started the trend, you know, maybe, maybe females will join, maybe younger um, people will join the space. And yeah. You're going to have to get yourself an intern. Keep the trend going. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on More Than Running. I'm really excited to hopefully see you at some track meets this spring and summer. And I know certainly you'll be at the world championship with Howie. And we really, you know, there's so much support, especially on this podcast behind, you know, women making change and kind of speaking up for themselves. So we're, we're all really excited and um, supporting you from the internet and beyond. Yes, for sure. Well, I, I thank you very much. And I really appreciate all of the kind words from everyone in the running space as well with this announcement. So Thanks for listening to another episode of More Than Running. You guys have any guests recommendations for this season? Let me know. Shoot me a DM. Always listening. We'll try our hardest to get the guests that you guys want on. As track season kicks up, we'll be focusing on some of those athletes, but we have a few things up our sleeve and I'm really excited for this season. More Than Running is part of the Sidious Mag podcast network and is edited and produced by Mike Zerzolo. If you like this episode, like, subscribe, And know that our day is Thursday. So if you ever want a new episode of More Than Running, Thursday listening, lead you into the weekend, lead you into some good running. And I wish you guys all the best and I'll see you next week.